Welcome back to a new season of the True Craft Podcast. We're doing things a little differently this time with two big changes for season four. First off, this season is all about the conversation. Usually we'll have a main topic for each episode. This time we're going to let the natural flow of the conversation happen, and we really think you're going to like the result. The second change is there's no co-host for this season, so just Chris and a guest brewery owner. And in fact, our first guest brewery owner may seem a little familiar. We're starting off season four with a bang and welcoming back Joel McCloskey from Four Saints Brewing Company. We begin the episode by taking a look at the unique event Four Saints held in their taproom last year, an interesting discussion on cryptocurrencies and NFTs in the brewing industry, along with their plans to incorporate cocktails into the Four Saints portfolio. Without any further ado, let's get into the episode. Staring at that canning line really lit a fire in us. Beers for everyone in society. In my opinion, the world's greatest social uniter. There's no time in my life that I didn't think, oh, this would be a good time for a beer. Podcast. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get started. Joel, welcome to True Craft Podcast Season 4, buddy. Uh, Yes. That makes sense. I got, I got to be here for four. Four Saints, you know, season four, you know. That's right. Throw up the, throw up the four horsemen. Woo! Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so only I can see that, but still, I, I can, oh, we, yeah. can, we can get, uh, we can get a visual going uh, of visual. the four fingers going up. The, the four, four horsemen, yeah. So what's going on in Ashboro? Oh, right now it's, uh, it's uh, getting ready for Christmas. I mean, that's it's that time of year. So, you know, day after Thanksgiving, everybody's a uh, week after Thanksgiving, and decorations are up, and uh, people are starting to look for presents, and they're all getting over the uh, the hangovers and of uh, yeah. uh, Thanksgiving itself. We just finished up a, a really cool uh, play. We had a play happening happened in the tap room. Um, oh, a show called Yeah, Yeah. It was, so there's a professional production company here called uh, rhino leaf um you can find them at rhinoleaf.com uh, they do uh they put on they started with just mainly doing plays and then covid happened and you know they had to pivot their whole business and started doing um videos and marketing and you know, all kinds of stuff and so um now that we're back into having in-person productions uh, they approached me in February of 21 and I'm like, Hey, we want to do this show in your tap room. And, uh, it's a one, it was a one man show called an Iliad, which is a, um, modern retelling of the, the Greek plague, the, yeah. the Iliad. And, um, so one man show, like an hour and a half, no intermission, just one guy doing this thing. And I mean, all around the tap room, we had eight shows. It was every Sunday and Monday night which was also you know, slightly odd because you know, that people don't think about going to the theater and seeing a play on a Monday night. Right. But we had eight, eight shows and all, all eight shows sold out. Um, it's the first time that uh, Rhino Leap's ever had a production sell out every single show. Um, and it was just, it was, it was awe inspiring. It was really, it was really awesome. Um, How many and, seats did you sell per, per show? Uh, we had, 80, 80 seats per show. Um, so our tap room, yeah, eighty so, seats per show. Eighty seats, eighty, yeah, eighty seats per show. Because our tap room has roughly about a hundred seats, and so um, with you know, including bar seats and, and other things. So they had to move some stuff around so that he could actually you know move around with a full tap room. And so like people came in and and sat down in the tap room, sat at the bar, sat at our tables, and he started up uh, on the stage which is where our music plays and our trivia hosts and everything go. Mm-hmm. And about a quarter way through the play, he steps off the stage and then he uses the tap, he used the tap room as the stage and oh, moving wow. in front of people. And like, I mean, just, you know, two feet away from people doing this really intense play. Um, and uh, so, yeah, 80 people every Sunday and Monday night, um, about an hour and a half, two hours. Um and it was, it just really was, uh, really was awesome. And so it's, uh, they're looking, they're, they're already, Rhino Leap is already, they're ready to do another one next year. And so now it's, uh, I've already told them, yes, um, it's just a matter of figuring out what they want to do. And we did a beer for the show that was only available during the show. That's great. We called it, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were, we, I can, I can think of three people that specifically bought tickets to come to the show, to come to a show in order to have the beer. So um, I'll count that as a win. But it, uh, we called it Hector Smiles. It was a cosmic punch double IPA. <clears throat> and so we used um, the new yeast, the cosmic punch, punch uh, yeast that's mm-hmm. out in the market now that's, you know, doing crazy things with basic hops like saws and nugget and making them mm-hmm. seem like super mosaic. Uh, and we also use, we had, we got our hands on some Nectaron hops. And so, you know, we've got the hottest, sexiest hop in the market with Nectaron and we have this Cosmic Punch which is this new, uh, this, this new yeast doing crazy things. And the, the beer was like 8.1% super hazy. And it drank like, it drank like a, like a sunny D like an orange Julius. Like it was, it oh, was wow. delicious. So that version of that beer kicked last night. So the, like it, the last show, like the last person getting a beer got the last of it. It, was, it couldn't have worked out any better. Nice. And so we are, we are going to put that into production. It was so well received. However, the ver- this version that was for the show, we, it, it's going to be tweaked a little bit. So that version will probably never happen again, you know, because Andrew's moving it from, from a pilot batch up to a production batch. So things got to change there. Uh, and he being the consummate um, artisan it is like, this is really good. It's one of my favorite beers I've ever done, but I can do it better. So yeah, yeah, sure. You know, constant. So anyways, <clears throat> that's a, uh, yeah, that's a big one there. You What was the name of it again? <laughs> Hector? The beer is called Hector Smiles. Hector Smiles. Okay. And Hector's a, Hector is a, is a character in the Iliad, right? That's right. He's the, uh, he's the Trojan hero. So Achilles is the the Greek hero and those two are the sworn enemies. And and Iliad has a, this modern retelling um, doesn't look at Achilles as the hero. It looks as Hector as the hero because he was, he was a man. Whereas Achilles was a demigod. Mm-hmm. And Hector was able to, you know, stand toe to toe with him, and it was about honor. And and uh, the play itself is a, uh, it, the the theme of it is um, humanity's uh, obsession or or almost love with war, and that war is has been around for ever. And so, like one part of the play, I, I could talk about this forever. Uh, one, one part of this, one part of this play called an Iliad, uh, about seven pages, <clears throat> where Patrick, who was the actor, had to list or say out uh, to the, his lines where every single war that has happened since the Trojan War in chronological order, and so part of the play there's you know three or four minutes where he's just wrote memorization every single war in human history and leading all the way up to uh afghanistan oh wow play yeah and so when the with the play of the uh in the in the script that part of the play says continue so if we were to do this if you were to do this play 10 years from now they would have to keep adding it on um and that's kind of the point is that you know this this war to end all wars and um, kind of heavy, heavy topic, but really right. an amazing performance. So, and you know, great beer to go along with it. So, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is bringing me back to my high school days where I took Latin. I took Latin for at least up to Latin three, and yeah. our high school had like this Latin guru, and Miss mm-hmm. Greenland was her name, and I, I. To this day, I still owe her an apology because I put her through the ringer. I was, I was not a very good student, Joel. If if yeah. anybody's wondering, I was um, uh, very active, and what I had to say was always more important than everything else. But the Iliad, <laughs> all of this stuff is bringing me back to the. I should have paid more attention, but it, we we read all of this stuff. It's really good, right? It's it's uh, yeah. I, I've got a couple of teachers that I could probably go back and and say, you know, I, as I think about it now as a 43 year old man, like you were pretty awesome. Like, you were, you were really trying real hard to get me to understand history. Right. And, uh, I really didn't care back then. 
and it's really that's what I find that's what I find funny is that we you know, we dump all this knowledge you know on the into kids' heads at a time where they don't where they don't give a shit <laughs> you know and it's almost and it's almost wasted and right. yeah then we get to this this stage and it's like I would love to sit down and take a class with Mr. Check and learn the history that I didn't know right. um, so yeah uh, but yeah well, I never took Latin though. To be honest with you, I'm using my 12 year olds learning and helping ah, him to relearn yeah. world history, ancient, uh, ancient history, like w- whatever. Um, everything from algebra to calculus to er- everything that he's learning. I'm, I'm just going back and relearning it because yeah, I did it and I, I did okay, but right. it, it definitely was, but there's also the argument that what I was doing back then has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. <laughs> and how much stock should we really put into our our kids you know education other than there, there's so many theories out there about what higher education is going to look like in the yep. next 20 years right. in the next decade and a half like what what what's your, what do you think it's going to look like i think it's i i uh i think there's going to be more focus on uh, on allowing kids to figure out a little bit later what they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. kind of, and, and I'm, I'm talking about the American education system because, you know, in, in places like, you know, in Germany or Israel, you, you finish school and then you've got, you've got a choice. You've got three years to be in the military. You've got three years to go do civil service. You know, you, you've got, you, you're given this time to, to mature and grow before you, you know, make your life's decision at 17, right. what you're going to do with the rest of your life and, you know, quote unquote, waste a bunch of money on an education that you may not end up using because, you know, trying to you know, look at what you know, I'm, all, I'm always looking at, you know, what are the, what are the jobs they're predicted to be the jobs in 10, 20 years, because mm-hmm. I've got a seven year old. And so when she tells me, I want to do this, I want to do this. And then I see that as a potentially dying career, like, how do we let's look how do how can we take what you want to do your overall picture uh that that theme of what you want to do and find a career that does that rather than I, just pigeonhole into this this one thing that you know nowadays i mean how many how many people do you know that left college with a degree knowing what they want to do and are still doing that and you know not and, many to me i get I agree. And I think most of it, it's mainly, mainly doctors, you know, the you know, people who have, have to put in all that time in order to get to right. that stage, but everybody else, like I know people that were pre-law, they got out, they went to law school and they're not doing law. You know, they're, they're doing something completely different. I work but, with uh, three breweries. I work with three breweries who the founders were lawyers. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of former teachers own breweries here in in North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all that time day, daydreaming, daydreaming you know, in class while while yeah. while hurting hurting little humans. But I I think there's a I think it's I don't know if it's Churchill. There's a uh, yeah, we'll just say there's there's a quote out there. It says uh, your education your education starts when you leave school, right and you know, you can, we can put all this knowledge and then, and have it all, but you know, all that, all that knowledge doesn't mean that mean it'll be, if you don't know what to do with it, or if you don't have the wisdom on how to use it, and that's really where, that's what I'm more concerned with. You know, right. if Estella never learns how to write in cursive, I'll be okay. She'll be okay. But if she's, she doesn't know how to use the knowledge that she's got to be, to be access the world, to make the world a better place then it's also not. Right. Yeah, I've I've put down that whole stressing about what my my kids are going to do because I just don't know what the environment's going to look like. I mean, we could we could generally say technology, we could generally say aerospace engineering, but I mean that that's just so vague. Yeah, right. That's yeah, so vague. Right. Yeah, I mean, you um, think about techno- Think about technology 10, 15 years ago, and where mm-hmm. it's at now. I mean, it. it and it's and as fast as things are moving, you know. I mean, who knows? Maybe you know, maybe all their maybe all their careers are going to be uh, through in the metaverse. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And we have no idea how that's going to look and what, how that's going to work. And yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of scary, but it's also, you know, looking at not just, you know, for, you know, for her in 15 years for your kids right. in 10 years, they're going, you know, what does that look like for a brewery in 10 years? What does it look like for, you know, hell, even just five years, right. what's coming that we can't, that we don't know about. You know, we're starting to, you're starting to see a lot of these places that are, uh, taking cryptocurrency as, as actual mm-hmm. payment. And I had a, I had for the first time I had a guy last week. He's like, so, you know, why don't you guys accept Bitcoin yet? Like what? Like, mm-hmm. He's like, well, these other places do it. And, you know, it's, we can just do it through this and that. Like, uh, we're not, we personally are not there yet. You might be, but, um, so it's interesting you bring that up. I'm getting a lot of inquiries on accepting crypto and then also around this whole idea of NFTs. Are you have yep. you heard the concept yep. of non-fungible tokens? Sure. But, yeah. So let's talk about Bitcoin first and the application or cryptocurrency in general. I don't see why a brewery can't set up a digital wallet and accept Bitcoin. I actually have a few customers that have invested some money in Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Some of their they have they have a wallet and they put some money in it and they watch it go up and down and we reconcile it up and down. But if we're moving into this digital currency, if the world is moving into this this digital currency, I mean, what you're basically doing is opening up the opportunity to collect payment from anywhere on the, anyone on the globe first of all i think local adoption to that bitcoin or that crypto is going to be slow mm-hmm. that one gentleman that okay. came and asked you is probably the only person you'll hear about for all of 2022 asking for you to accept accept crypto um i think crypto right now is acting more as a savings account for most people than it is a tangible currency just because the act of accepting it and, and, and using it in, in transaction just is not developed yet. So I don't know. Um, Go ahead. No, I just said it's, it, it, this is, we start talking about like Bitcoin and things like this is where I start, I start feeling like, you know, I should be walking around with a cane. I'm like this newfangled way of taking money. What is this? <laughs> right. uh, it 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 does. It gives me kind of this squirrely kind of feeling. And, and part of that is I don't. While I know what it is, I can't say I fully understand it, and I'd be able to explain it. And I've been same with NFTs. Like I know what they are. I know they're what makes them uh, desirable to some people. Uh, the same. You know, in the same in the end, or in the other hand, I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to get into that because right. I just saw so, what uh, there's a there's a movie there's a theater there's a theater somewhere there a movie it's if you buy if you pre purchase a ticket for a particular show it's a movie chain um, they have eighty six thousand NFTs that they're going to distribute. So you can be one of eighty six thousand people that have the have. Uh, it's for the Spider Man movie that's coming out. Uh, uh-huh. No way home. They've got a. They're, they've created eighty six thousand NFTs that people can earn, buy, collect, whatever you want to call it. That's just. <laughs> so I heard a very elementary explanation of NFTs because at the end of the day, an NFT is a digital asset, and I was confused about it as well until I heard this explanation. So currently NFTs are typically in the space of artwork, collectibles, rare rare digital artifacts that people want to say they own. But this one gentleman that I was listening to on a podcast explained it as in some in some short time in the future we are going to have the ability to be invited to a 70s party, right? Let's just say it's a 70s themed party. And we will all be wearing some sort of glassware, eyewear, right? And that eyewear is going to give us the ability to see 
digital assets on other people. So if someone at the party wants a Armani 70s suit, they can go buy that Armani 70s suit in a digital form and they can show up in a pair of sweats. But when you put these glasses on, you will see this super rare digital asset. And if they want to walk around with a parrot on their shoulder and it's Johnny, it's a, it's a replication of Johnny Depp's parrot from Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Those are like, that's, that's my best explanation of like yeah. a digital asset. And then you can trade those. Like if somebody says, I have to have that suit because there's only one on the whole world or the whole globe, right. I want that suit. It's happening now in like weird, weird formats. And I think mm-hmm. what you have are these uber rich that are just saying, I want this rare NFT, not even realizing what they're buying. Because right. where are you going to display this digital asset? Like, where are you going to put it where are you going to other than saying you own it now i think there's an application for nfts and alcohol and i don't exactly know the the full aspect of it yet i'm leaning more toward the whole spirits Mm -hmm. category Mm -hmm. and it could be something as simple as or not simple because you were part of this super rare barrel series, right? You get a digital token, mm-hmm. right? But once again, where do you display this digital token? Does it have resale yeah. value? Does right. it because I don't even it doesn't even need to have resale value because I mean, it's like in some fashion, it's it's it, being in a collectible, it's like collecting baseball cards. I've got a trunk full of baseball cards. Right. Sitting in my house right now that some, you know, at one point, some of them had some, some pretty nice value, but baseball cards up and down and, and, you know, with uh, different kinds of rarities or revelations that, that that particular card is not as, as rare as it was, as somebody once thought it was, uh, you know, especially nowadays. Um, the uh, it's, it's like my, it's like my dad always said, he, you know, he'd watch me spend money on all these cards and collect my favorite players and have, make sure I yeah. had all of them. And he would go, well, why are you doing this? I'm like, it's an investment. He's like, what do you mean? It's an investment. He said, you just pay $10 for a small piece of cardboard. Like, yeah, but it's going to go up in value. And like, yeah, I remember once I went up and you know, it was one particular card and you know, it was up to like 50, 50, 60 bucks. Remember yeah. that magazine? What were those magazines called that had all Beckett. the prices? Beckett. Beckett. Yeah, Beckett. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. And so, and we would sit, you know, I'd sit there, you know, I'd price check all my cards at least once a year and go through and see, you know, who's got, who's up, who's down, who's whatever. And, uh, you know, one card went up like 50, 60 bucks and 13, I was like, look at this, look, see. And he went, I'll give you two bucks for it. Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's, it's worth, it's worth 50. It was not, it's not to me. It's worth two bucks. And I said, no, it's worth 50. He goes, well, find somebody's going to sell, somebody's going to buy it for 50 then. Because until you find somebody who wants to buy it, you know, and like that was this huge, like crashing moment. And, um, but yeah, I couldn't, I still have all my cards because yeah, he, he's the same guy that would still to this day, every once he'll, uh, he'll talk about, you know, all his, uh, Mickey mantles and all that stuff that he had that his mom just tossed into the garbage one day. And you know what those would be worth? It'd be like two bucks. Exactly. (laughs) So, but yeah, the whole AR thing, you know, that, that, um, you know, with, with NFTs and, you know, those kind of glasses and being able to see, you know, the flair that everybody's wearing and what they got. I mean, it's, I mean, we're, we're into that now with the, with that Swigger app. Um, yes. Tell us about yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, so it's a, the overall company, their name is Immersia. They're based in New Zealand. And so they, it's, uh, it's AR for, beer at this point they, they've done wine they decided to get into the beer world i genuinely cannot remember how we got how i got connected up with them but right now we're one of eight breweries in the world that are working with them to do ar with uh beer cans so we have one of our cans right now that's available if it that's working we're going to add two more here for our next canning run in december uh and it's you know we have our our hefebites in can basically sent them our cans sent them some what the digital the uh, digital format of the art physical the physical uh, art 
and they basically make made the can itself like a QR code. So using um, using their app Swigger S W I G R, uh, we scan the can, and the can comes to life. There's seven different skins. Uh, one of them is an animated skin. One is a like a second skin. Like if you had a different version of a of the label, one is a 30 second video that just takes place all around the can. Like you sit there and you hold this can up, you see all the background behind you, and this can is now literally literally, literally come to life. Um, it gives us and it's given us an opportunity to tell the story of this one particular beer because we have you know on the second skin we have the original label that we stopped using in 2017 and so people would think like oh yeah i remember this like yeah this is i remember this label uh one are you is, looking uh, at it through your phone yeah yeah you're looking at it through your phone so you okay. you scan it and you and you basically you're holding your can and you're holding the phone and you're and you're watching it and there's it gives you opportunity to you know click into facebook or instagram or to the online store or to purchase tickets or like for the show for the Anilia, mm-hmm. people were able to buy tickets through there. But then on the videos, it gives us a chance to tell the story of that particular beer label and that particular beer, because there's a, there's a, uh, about a 30 second video that if you click into, it takes you to YouTube and we have a five minute version where it's a little more, it's more expanded, but um, people, it, when people do it, they love it. They they have the they have a lot of fun just sitting there at the bar and looking at the cans and showing people, which is you know kind of part of the point because um, people are four saints is on their lips and on their minds and on their phones for right uh, longer uh, and they're and they're excited about it and but for us it's not just those pieces it's literally any can that we do this with any beer that we do this with we have an opportunity to tell them the story. And not just the story, uh, you know, the, the thing that's on the sell sheet. Just here's the here's the quick and dirty. But you know, when we do Potter's Clay, which will be Potter's Clay and Bandwagon, our Amber Ale and our New England IPA, those will be the next two. And so to be able to have videos of talking about why we chose Potter's Clay and how that's connected to the Randolph County Clay and the and Seagrove and um, you connecting it to our our Mug Club wall, which is all pottery from Seagrove to be able to connect that all in as people can see it, of course, the hope is that they're going to want to come and check it out. Uh, it's great for our, uh, for the, for the, our customers, like our grocery stores and, and bottle shops, we've got posters made up so that they can put those up. So hopefully those people will see the poster, see our beer, pick up that can, scan it, think it's cool as hell. And now not only do they like the beer, but they got another reason to buy it. Cause they got to take it home and show some, and so it's, you know, looking at how to make it a um, mutually beneficial for everybody. But this company, yeah, so Immersia, they, we started messing around with this and building things up and it was kind of slow going. And then they, Immersia signed a huge contract with Bayer Pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. And so Bayer Pharmaceuticals is going to use Immersia's technology for all of their, for, for their medicine. So you're going to, you know, you have, their aspirin and you use this you use their app and you know there's you know there's dr chris telling you about the side effects are and how to use it and um here's what you should eat here's what you shouldn't eat and so it's right yeah so they've um and then we we're just talking about this and the whole ar thing our downtown director i showed it to her she goes how cool would it be if we had an app like that where we could point it at the buildings in downtown and it used the building as the QR code, for lack of a better term. And we get a chance to see what was this building 50 years ago? What's the history of this building? You know, just fun pictures of people walking around doing that downtown. So this idea of glasses and, and the world digitally mm-hmm. coming to life is, I think it's it's the current wellspring. I mean, yeah. they the Macy's Day Parade. If you watch that on Thanksgiving, they had... They had multiple instances of, of AR where you're standing in the crowd and hold up your phone and you see the Millennium Falcon fly over top uh, Baby Yoda. Oh, really? So, yeah. Yeah. You can see it. They showed you on TV watching it. But if you were there, you had to have the phone out and, you know, Baby you know, Grogu comes flying across. And if you held your phone up, 
the Millennium Falcon comes flying through and some TIE fighters are chasing them. And um, so it's the Panthers did it too. So the uh, Carolina Panthers had a, at the beginning of their game now, they're the Panther that's on top of the stadium jumps down onto the field and kind of prowls around. Uh, so it's, it's the new thing, at least, you know, it's, it's, it's starting to get there. And I think the, the you know, COVID really made QR codes cool. And so this, mm-hmm. you know, the idea I've always said, you know, QR, it's almost like that kind of like that scene in, in the movie Mean Girls. You know, don't try to make fetch happen. Fetch is never going to happen. Right. And I kind of felt that way about QR codes. But now, hell, we're using them. Everybody's using them. Do you, do you get annoyed when you go to a restaurant and have to order off a QR code? Uh, not really. I can't say it's really, it really bugs me. Um, I bet you ticket yeah. averages have gone down due to that. I, you know, when um, what's interesting is when we were doing text to order uh during covid people had to come in and sit down you know they you know the rules were you can't you couldn't get up and wander around you couldn't congregate whatever um we had higher tickets that way instead of uh versus bar service um and you know thinking back on it i think we had higher tickets uh, because people didn't have to get up they um they didn't have to come up to the bar. It gave them, they could easily just order uh, instead of just the two beers that they were going up for. It was sitting at the table, and all five of them went just yeah. Go ahead, just get me one too. And there's five beers they get. Uh, the round is right. the round is coming instead of just the. That it's. But there, you know, there's a whole know. science when you go to sit to a restaurant. There's a whole science behind where items are placed on a menu. Are you oh, aware yeah. of that? Yeah. Yeah. And having yeah. to transfer that to your phone now and scroll. I know that if I'm sitting in a restaurant with my three kids and they're hungry and we're just, I'm just immediately flipping to the section and being like, just give me this, just get it in as fast as possible. Right. Kids will do that to you. They really will. (laughs) Hey, they really will, man. (laughs) They are wonderful things, but they ruin a lot. Um, in the best way possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's uh, this the the AR thing is is neat. I showed it to I showed it to Stella, and uh, she's seven, and she watched it and she was just like, oh, okay. She's like, it's like a cartoon on the. It's like a cartoon. Like, no, it's not a cartoon. It's a video on the can. And then she looked on the can. Like she looked around the phone. She goes, mm-hmm. it's not on. She's like, it's not on the can. It's on your phone. I'm like, but it it's on the can. And she's like, no, it's not daddy. Look, look at the can. It's not moving because your phone is, it's like, and I was like, all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kid. You're still nonplussed by this world. I get it. Uh, I know. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but, uh, what about, how's, how's Florida? I think it's down there. Oh, you know, Florida never really changed. Mm-hmm. N- nothing really shut down. I, I don't know if you remember or not, but there was a good, eight months there where I was introducing myself as greetings from planet Florida. And so <laughs> we just, kind of, we, we kind of stay in our own lane and, and do what, what our family believes, which is get vaccinated and then get vaccinated yep. again. And, uh, but yeah, I would say that, uh, think things are good here. I mean, thing, things are open. I, I would say in, in general breweries, don't in Florida don't have a reason to complain because they were afforded the opportunity for full full Monty way earlier yeah. than, than most other states. And I think most of them are reaping the benefits of that through either distribution or tap room. So yeah, yeah things are that things are sense. great down here. I think you guys yeah, you guys are only shut down for like like two weeks, right? No, oh. we were shut down. Oh. We were shut down for probably five months. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yep, five six months. My bad. What's your outlook for twenty twenty two? Uh, good. I mean, it's good. Uh, I've got, I've got probably the best staff that I've ever had. Um, uh, 
making making things work and figuring out what to you know where where to take, where to go next. They've all have taken on a good sense of ownership, and so it's you know fostering that and fostering that, but not taking advantage of it. I'm mm -hmm. I'm doing my best to kind of to to do that, and um, so with uh, with 22, we've got expansion. We've got a couple expansions that are going to be happening, um, and uh, we're looking to expand our tap room and put in what's the we're calling it the lounge at the moment but it's uh yep. going to be a full co full cocktail bar uh which ashborough does ashborough has some bars you know this this small this small town that calls itself a city uh, but there's no cocktail bar no genuine place where there is a mixologist who's coming up with in-house recipes that are only available there and, and all that fun stuff. So we're looking to do that. We're adding that in. It's going to add about 50 seats to the tap room, uh, to our, to our footprint here, which on some nights we definitely need you know, certain Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, especially. Um, and with that, we are, we're looking at the idea of, of, creating a, a small distillery there as well um you know it's just a 10 gallon distillery where we are you know, making our own stuff uh on a, on a very small batch not looking to do distribution with it or anything just to be able to say that you know this you know this rum came from our potter's clay amber ale work that's what it started as and here's sure. what we did with it um and giving us a you know, genuine uniqueness um stuff that nobody else has and uh, have some fun with that. Just again, something very different you know, from a town that was completely dry in you know 2018, not 20, 20 uh, 2008. Um, us having the first brewery, first legal brewery. Uh, have, have a small distillery here. We, I know, I know multiple people in town that are like, oh man, somebody needs to start a distillery. Somebody needs to start it. Somebody needs to do this. You know, it's happening in Greensboro. It's happening all over it. Um, uh, it's. Uh, so we're going to give it a shot. We're at least right now we're looking at that. So I think it's a phenomenal idea. Uh, I think the market you're in and I think the cocktail idea is an amazing idea. It's an amazing plan for, for 2022 to complement what you've built and the brand you've built. My question to you is, is which products will you make in the distillery and which will you source? That's a, that's a fun question because, you know, we look at, we look at the spirits that we can make easily and not have it not you know not have the necessity to age for long periods of time. They have gin, rum, vodka, um, you know, something like a a, a bourbon or a whiskey. Mm -hmm. We could do, but it's going to take it's going to take a couple of years for that to to really come through. Right. Uh, you know, and so to be able to start with those um, uh, vodka, gin, or rum, and uh, let that let that be the beginnings. Um, okay. But that's, I think that's what we're looking at. We're also kind of tinkering around the idea of, um, cause it's not something that's done, but, um, Oh, shoot. Oh, uh, the cores, like, uh, like, like a peach, the core. Um, so like not schnapps? Like, like, yes, like a schnapps. That was what I was looking for. Um, because we've got, you know, we're in Randolph County and being in Randolph County, agriculture is the number one, number one, uh, industry. So we've got, uh, at least three or four apple orchards. We've got a major peach orchard, just about 20 minutes down the road from us. And to be able to go and get fresh in County mm -hmm. fruit and then turn that into, uh, uh, turn that into a uh, turn that into a, a, a schnapps, which nobody's doing, um, and the real deal stuff, not like that, you know, apple pucker ninety nine bananas kind of stuff, right. but you know the kind of thing that um, that you see in in Europe with you know small little you know kind of digestive aperitif kind of thing, um, but big flavors, things that potentially could be mixed in with mixed in with a mixed in with a beer and make a, a beer cocktail but to be able to say you know we've got here's our um you know our, our amber ale rum and then 
you know, we're going to complement that with this peach stops that it was made from down in Cander and put that all together and have something again, genuinely unique. Um, that's kind of what I keep focusing on is that, um, something that is not being done and, and something that makes sense and, and follows our brand and what we do anyways, you know, the amount of the, the number of our beers that are named after Ashburn Randolph County and the history and, uh, the, the focus we have on our community to be able to do it in a, in a different way. We already use peaches from this place for our beer. We use local farmers for pumpkins and all that other stuff. And it just, I get excited about that kind of, um, novelty in the beginning, but then it becoming, um, making it sustainable and something that we, that we, be, that we become known for. So, yep. I mean, that's all the whole purpose of business, right? Definitely. Cause yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. And, uh, Andrew's, he's already, he's already reaching out to, um, you know, some, some, some of our friends in the, in the liquor world and the spirits world around here, mm-hmm. uh, to just pick their brain and talk with them about the process and, what they've learned and so we've got fair game beverage company which is out in pittsburgh they do uh, rum they've done a they do a, a pepper vodka they they've done a number of different things won a bunch of awards there's a uh, one up in greensboro called feigning goats they've got uh, probably in my opinion the best vodka i've ever tasted in my life oh um, interesting yeah i mean <laughs> until i tasted that and it's called um tiny cat tiny cat vodka until I tasted that, you know, I just, vodka was just something that I, it was a mixer, you know, right. I'm going to throw it, I'm going to throw something in with that because it vodka doesn't have any flavor. And so I, we went to the distillery and did a tasting and it's the first time I've ever tasted a vodka that I was like, I could sip on this. Like I sip on, like I could sip on whiskey. Oh. Um, they do, they do gin. They've got, uh, they do whiskeys and bourbons and, uh, but anyways, they, uh, so those are some good friends. We got another brewery in here, North Carolina called trophy. They're out in Raleigh. They just, yeah, I've heard up. of them. Yeah. They just opened up, uh, they just opened up a, a, a distillery, um, kind of a brew pub kind of thing, a distillery pub aspect. And then of course we've got mother earth, which is out in Kinston and mother earth has a major uh, spirit side to their business. So yeah. it's not uncommon what we're going to do. So, uh, but it's definitely different around here and kind of our vision for it. You know, like I said, not looking to, not looking to do any distribution with it in the beginning and right. just focus it all on right here at home. This is where you can get it. And so that side of the, that side of the tap room is going to be, like I said, we're calling it the, right now, calling it the lounge, but that side is going to be 21 and up only no dogs, no kids. Uh, that side, that's our tap room. Maybe bring bring little Johnny and and, uh, and and Brutus and go to the tap room, hang out there. But if you want to come and have a uh, have a rum drink and a whiskey drink made from our from our still, leave the kids at home and just give right. a different cozy kind of atmosphere that uh, we all could use from time to time. Yep. How cool would it be if you guys filled a couple whiskey barrels? and released them in three and a half years or that that would be just like the pinnacle for me oh i i, I mean that's that's certainly a that, that's that's in the conversation uh that's something we want to do because i mean to be able to do to be able to do our own whiskey our own bourbon and then age our imperial stout in those barrels before our yearly bourbon barrel uh <coughs> bourbon barrel stout I mean, that makes a whole lot of sense. The same with the, you know, we have, a, we do a rum stout. Uh, we've done rum stouts with Fair Games rum and uh, another, uh, another distillery out in Raleigh and a rum stout. is Fantastic. But to be able to, again, to do it out of our own, we made it. These are our barrels. This is our beer, like a hundred percent from, from uh, tip to tail. It'd just be fun. I mean, that's yeah. big celebrations uh, to have there. Yeah. yeah I love it. So that, yeah, awesome. that part of it, that's, that's what's going on. And then the, uh, uh, the sportsplex sportsplex is still moving along and, and, um, yeah, they're still on track to have that open by, by fall of next year. So in about, in about seven months, we're going to have uh, basically, uh, five, five 
soccer fields, dog park, pickleball, beach volleyball, and everything else that goes along with it. And we're going to be the, we're going to be the beer, beer, wine, cider provider. We're also going to be the coffee provider, uh, which is great to know a number of people here in town that've got that, that plan as a partner up with somebody who knows how to do that. You know, someone suggested we look into ice cream. We're going to look into that. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, I think you, that part has, that part has me more nervous than, than the distillery lounge piece. So yeah, that one's, that's brand new. Do you play pickleball? I don't play pickleball. Dude, you and I both were missing out on apparently a new slice of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh our y our ymca has a uh they've, they've got a huge pickleball league and yeah talking to people about it and it's it's been around a lot longer than i realized like, it's been around since like the 90s but it's just recently has become this this new craze uh that uh yeah i did yeah well next time you're in north carolina we'll, we'll go try to play some pickleball my brother was just in town and he's a, he lives in Orlando. He's, I call him the pickleball King cause he plays every yeah. single day and I, and I'm nursing a foot injury so we couldn't play, but I was, mm-hmm. I told him to bring his rackets and we would try, but I can't, I can't do it. Well, I know there's, there's a radio station in Greensboro called uh, rock 92. It's like the radio station. I mean, you, you can be anywhere in North Carolina and get it. And the uh, morning, one of the morning hosts, uh, is named Chris Kelly. He's from Ashboro, but he uh, he he's been talking about pickleball incessantly. Yeah, so I know there's something I know there's something called the kitchen. Like you can't be in the kitchen. Uh, no, no idea. So, well, if you're around, if you're ever around somebody playing talking about pickleball, you just throw that out there. They're like, yeah, man, just make sure you stay out of that kitchen, and then you just walk away. You just walk away from that conversation and be like, he knows what's up. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Yeah, you're just gonna have to make sure that you know you avoid any other conversations at that point because that's that must it's gonna be the extent of your knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny, man. That's so yeah, funny. So, so but I you know, with this sports flex, I might, you know, I might I might pick it up. I might I might go down there and, and maybe we'll have a four saints pickleball league and and uh, whatever. It's uh yeah, those are those are the two biggest things. I mean, along with the expansion of the canning line, you know, that's uh, you know, bringing that in something. And that, that what's crazy is the how it makes sense. It's crazy how uh, how much those prices have gone up since. I mean, just in the past like, six months, you know, we have a quote, and Andrew called a, he called the, the company up and, and he's just talking about some different applications and some things to add on. And the guy's like, "Oh, by the way, you, you know, we need to get you a new quote." And he's like, "Okay, yeah, sure." They send over the quote and it's, you know, $30,000 more than what it was. What? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa, buddy. You got to honor those quotes. Yeah. So I I don't think there's much honor. Most, let's see that now. If, only if, at the bottom it says this quote is good until. Uh, Yeah. So um, that's, that's, that's the way you avoid that. Yeah. But, uh, and they had it on there. We checked. So, um, but I mean, those are the big, those are the big things there. I mean, professionally, that's, uh, the sports flex, the lounge. Um, and then it won't happen in 22, but you know, we will have to start once they officially say anything about that mega site, cause it's still all rumor, but I mean, it is all over the place that, um, Toyota and Panasonic are going to be putting in a electric car battery uh, facility. And once that hits, you know, put us putting in a second tap room north in the northeast corner of our county makes complete sense. Wow. So, yeah, and that'll have to be something we'll have because once they once they once they say that 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 the property value around that around that area is just gonna is gonna skyrocket. Right. So that's down the road. If yeah, need, buddy. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, well, hey man, yeah. I think you have a ton of things lined up for 2022, and yeah. I too am very optimistic about next year. 
just for the fact that breweries did great in 2021 and they did great in they held their own in 2020. So 2022 is just going to be another year to innovate and and stay stay relevant and, and continue to make just delicious liquid. So yeah, and that's I, I think for us. I was talking to somebody about this last, uh, last night that you know, here in North Carolina, and I think obviously I think across the country, you, know, you look at 2014, 2015, 2016. Yeah, you know, the kind of the number of breweries like us that opened up. At this point, being five, six, seven years past that, how many are still around? Like how many of them survived that first five years? Um, I think, I think we're, I think we're walking into a time of, of stability rather than growth uh, from a brewery standpoint. And I think that's that's going to allow some of these breweries like us to be able to expand into something, some things that are a little bit different, and grow those brands and grow those experiences. I totally agree. Yeah. All right, buddy. Let's ra- let's wrap That's this it. one up. Yeah. Uh, you want to do? You want to sing a song? <laughs> <laughs> I always love talking to you, Joel. It's just yeah, you never know what you're gonna get. I love it. Yeah. Uh, tell me, four right. Where can we learn more about Four Saints? Brewing dot com. That is our uh, our website. Got uh, links to. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on TikTok now. Uh, my social media manager has made that happen, and she's doing a fantastic job with it. Um, has all the information about all of our beers, uh, everything you can want to know. You can get us connected to the store. You can buy some really cool merch. If you're in Washington, D.C. or North Carolina, we can send you some beer, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it. ForceChangeBrewing.com. I hate to end on my note. I wanted to end on your note, but I got a goal. I got a goal. 2022. I got to post a hundred TikToks. A hundred TikToks. Yep. How many you got right now? You don't, you have you started yet? Zero. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's fun. Like she, uh, Jamie, who's our social media manager. She's, she's, she, she's like, can we do it? Can we try it? I'm like, go for it. I like, you know, and it's, um, and it's all fun stuff. Like it's her, it's, she's, she's incredibly creative and um it's always just fun <laughs> there's my Are we first on tiktok one. now okay. we're on tiktok buddy <laughs> on the on the tiktok yep <laughs> well I, I i look forward to seeing uh 100 tiktoks from you that's a goal just a goal put a that's number a to it Why and not? doing it there you go yep. you're gonna go viral all right, buddy. CPA. All right. <laughs> All right, man. I will talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. You take care, brother. Cheers. Cheers, bud. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Craft Podcast. Links to cool information about our guests and other fun facts can be found in the show notes. The show is produced by Josh Barnhart and sponsored by Small Batch Standard. Small Batch Standard is the premier financial agency built to serve the craft brewing industry. We help craft breweries grow profits through outsourced accounting, tax compliance, and growth consulting. Visit SB Standard today to learn more and request a discovery call with the team. Peace out.